Hey guys, this is Billy Metcalf, and welcome to the Fantasy Inquirer Podcast, Mail Time Edition. Mail Time, Mail Time, Mail Time. Yes, we are back again this week with some questions that you guys sent in on Twitter and at fantasyinquirer.com. Um, tonight I have about eight questions that I asked from you, or that I uh, got from you guys within like the last week and a half i just haven't gotten a chance to answer any of them really or anything so i said why don't i do a mail time podcast so here we are and uh, let's get right into it with the first question from larry 52 he says name your favorite unsexy player who you are drafting so far this season thanks larry 52 um that would have to be James White of the New England Patriots. He may not be sexy to some people, but he's darn sexy to me. Um, I just don't get the dislike for James White, especially in a PPR league. And let's step back. If you're not doing PPR at this point in life, in 2019, you need to reevaluate your league settings. I actually said the other night with uh, on Twitter with some people, that I would rather spend the weekend in jail than participate in a standard scoring league. So make sure to at least do half-point PPR, guys, or something. I mean, or full point's the way to go. Even point-and-a-half bonus for tight ends. That's how a lot of us play nowadays. But uh, James White, he's my favorite unsexy player. I love him because he catches passes from Tom Brady. And last year, he led the team in targets. And... Tell me how that's going to go down this year. With Rob Gronkowski gone, supposedly, and with Josh Gordon gone, supposedly, and Julian Edelman already has a broken thumb, and he's in bubble wrap half the time anyway, who's going to catch all these checkdowns from Tom Brady? It's going to be James White. James White. He may, like I said, people just, he gets the most disrespect I've ever seen. Even in PPR leagues, I have this board in front of me from the uh, last FFPC draft I did last weekend. And he went at the 6-3, which is way too late. I was actually at the 6-5 and was going to take him, but he got sniped. Um, yeah, he's... He's the guy who I like the most. He gets no recognition. Uh, he finished uh, top seven last year. And uh, I also like Michelle. Let's just talk about them a little bit, too. I, I, I like Michelle. I know he's on the pup list. Uh, he's inactive to start the year, but that's what happened last year. And he really came on. And I know a lot of people have uh, Damien Harris boners out there thinking he's just going to step right into the Sony role. Uh, Burkhead's still there to muddy the waters, but James White, James White, that's my very unsexy player who I love to draft. Let's move on from that. Second question. Are you worried about Gordon holding out? Well, thanks. Yes, I am worried about Gordon holding out. Thankfully, I wasn't in the Le'Veon Bell debacle last year in too many leagues, but you have to worry about that. You know, that it, it'll cripple your team. If your first round draft pick, especially if you're taking him in the top seven, if he doesn't play it down, you know, I mean, sure, you can take the discount. And I'm looking at this draft board the other night, he fell to the two five. 
you know, obviously some people think he's going to get picked up or re-signed. I know today the latest news was the owner wanted to re-sign him. Uh, he said he made him a generous offer, but I guess Bell's, or Gore, Bell, Gordon is still not going to report to camp, and they're still pretty far apart. But, yeah, you have to be concerned. I, I don't, I'm not drafting him right now. I've let him fly right by me. I was honestly not really on him too much to begin with. I was on his backups, Justin Jackson, which we talked about last, last podcast and which I wrote about in my last article, Landmines and Booby Traps, and Austin Eckler. I mean, these guys are legitimate backups, especially Austin Eckler. I mean, he catches passes. He, he's James White, basically who will probably get more carries than James White if Gordon would miss time. But I think Justin Jackson's a real deal. He he showed awesome last year when he got a chance, when Gordon went down with injury. So I don't see them paying him, you know, over the top. So, yeah, definitely <laughs> I'm very concerned about that. So he's off my board right now until something gets resolved. Next question is uh, from Daryl from... Memphis, Tennessee. He says, Hi, Fantasy Inquirer. Todd Gurley is rising in ADP since the trainer and Coach McVay said he's ready to go. Do you trust them? Uh, no, I don't trust them. Why Why would I ever trust them? Pretty sure last year, Sean McVay said Gurley is ready to go multiple times, and he looked terrible in several games down the stretch uh, after he banged up his uh, knee. You know, I don't trust any of these guys, and, you know, I don't trust the words they speak. I look at their actions. What have they been doing all off season? They've been drafting players and signing players at running back. They brought back Malcolm Brown, who they basically stole from the Lions, they signed him, overpaid. Then they went out and reached for Daryl Henderson, Daryl Henderson, our guy who we love to take, my number one handcuff. I'm bearing the lead here on the next question. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm worried. They went out and did that, you know. Actions speak louder than words, and their actions say, hey, Gurley might not play. So worst-case worst scenario, we're sitting here on October 5th, uh, in three months from now, and Gurley's week to week with a arthritic knee contusion or something. Best case scenario, Todd Gurley's in a three-way committee leading carries. So you tell me, do you want to take him as one of their first 20 picks? Do you want to take him in the beginning of the second round? Because I got the ADP from last Saturday night's draft on the 20th where he went at the 2-3 so just think about that. He went at the 15th pick overall. So I am definitely not taking him there. But some people are. And hey, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before, but I know a lot of other people feel pretty strong about this. But, you know, if we're wrong, I guess that's our demise. And I'll live with it. But I am not drafting Gurley anywhere in the top two rounds. There was actually a time I talked about a couple weeks going to draft when I had the, the think the three five or three six pick and he fell all the way down to me and the guy was on the clock in front of me and I sat there I go God do I have to take him if he falls to me and for one second I thought okay I'll, I'll take him this is good value because like I've talked about before every player has value and thankfully he made the decision for me and took early so that worked out well 
Um, yeah, that, that's that's my advice. I love Daryl Henderson. He's actually he's starting to you know kind of steady in drafts. He's not going crazy high like he was at first in FFPC football guy drafts at least. He's starting to slide into the mid to late sixth round sometimes, and I'm fine. I'm fine with taking him there. I've actually I took him in the fifth round a few times. Not afraid to admit it, but uh, yeah. I mean, I I I don't see a good good season or a good future. So at least this season for Gurley, I I he's not going to play the preseason, so uh, you know we're not going to be able to tell. So like I said, if you have the guts to draft him and he plays like the old girly you win so that is that question next question who are your favorite tight ends after the big three so i think this person is talking about travis kelsey zach Ertz, and george kittle i actually that's not my big three i have a kelsey kittle and howard i booted Ertz out of my top three in the uh, my last tight end update last week. Uh, the reason I did that real quick was because I don't trust that he'll get as many targets as he did last year just because they drafted Arcega Whiteside, they signed Deshaun Jackson, and you have Dallas Goddard, who looked mean and ready to go last year um, catching the ball. I, I just don't think he'll get enough volume. Um, some of the guys who are like outside of those three though, would be Eric Ebron. Uh, I talked about him last week. Uh, Jack Doyle's still taking it slow from his hip surgery and his lacerated kidney. Um, I don't know why people aren't talking more about this because if he starts on the pup, you know, and, and he goes really slow, there's a chance he could miss week one, you know? That's that's some big injuries he had in the offseason. I don't understand why it's not being talked about more. Um, All all people want to do is fade Ebron, basically, because they don't think his 13 touchdowns last year is sustainable, which they're probably right, you know. But I can see him him having 10 touchdowns this year. Andrew Luck's his quarterback, you know. He's tethered to Andrew Luck. Look what happened when he got away from Matthew Stafford, you know. He's tethered to Andrew Luck. So yeah, I I love Eric Ebron, especially with Doyle on the mend. You know, a real slow mend. Uh, he actually did good even when Doyle was on the field last year. He had six touchdowns. So he's he has he's a great pick, and a lot of people hate him. They just don't think he can replicate that. But if you can get ten touchdowns from your tight end, you know, if he just shaves three off, that's pretty pretty darn good. You know. That's a great finish. So, yeah, I definitely like Eric Ebron still. Um, my other one, Dallas Goddard. Like I said, Ertz is going to lose some touches to Dallas Goddard. And sort of like Ebron last year, if Zach Ertz did miss time, which he did do in the first few years of his career, Dallas Goddard basically would flip and be Eric Ebron of last year. He would just be an absolute monster. You know, close your eyes and imagine it now. Uh, Dallas Goddard is the number one tight end for Philadelphia. Eric or, or Zach Ertz is hurt or whatever. He's going to get tons of targets, tons of touchdowns. Uh, heck, even with Ertz on the field, he's still getting touchdowns. He had four last year. He looked great last year. 
You know, remember that big 75 yard touchdown in Dallas that got wiped out from that phantom pass interference penalty? You can't tell me Ertz would have broken that run. So, yeah, I mean, and the coaches love him. He was voted uh, MVP of OTAs this year, you know, and there's reports of him just being a monster red zone target in OTAs. So we'll see how he looks in camp, but he's definitely a guy I'm targeting for major upside. There's just a monster upside with him. Um, Gasecki too, Mike Gasecki. There's, he's a late, late pick, and he's there's great big upside with him. He was the uh, number one tight end pick last year for the Dolphins, but they went and turned around and uh, used him as a blocker. <laughs> uh, that was Adam Gase bumping heads up against the uh, management regime. So yeah, they they used him terribly when they should have lined him up as a receiver like Ertz or Goddard. So he's going to be used different this year. They've already come out and said as much. So I'm I'm willing to take a flyer on Gasecki in the last round of your drafts or whatever, or in FFPC drafts. I've been taking him in the 12th, 13th, 14th round. Heck, I want to see what's there. He's an athletic freak. He killed the combine. So he's a guy you want to look at. Next question is, let's see here. You said in your podcast that uh, your last podcast that there's potential that Arizona could be bad. Why is that? Uh, I definitely think there's a world where the Arizona, Arizona Cardinals uh, have trouble crawling before they can walk. Why would I say that? Um, well, for one, they have a new coach who has never coached in the NFL before. Uh Number two, they have a rookie quarterback. Granted, he's the number one pick and should just fit right in like a glove, but we don't know that. Um, number three, their line, their uh, offensive lineman or offensive line has gotten reshuffled this year. They got a couple new linemen, Marcus Gilbert and J.R. Sweezy. So there's a lot of change going there. There's just a ton of change going on there, and change is good sometimes, but. Change is scary, especially if uh, you think stuff's just going to, you know, click right away. You know, we don't know if it's just going to come in there and click right away. So I, I, I'm i not saying that it's going to be like last year. No, it's not going to be like last year. Last year was terrible. I, I'm just saying that I don't – I see some people overdrafting these guys. I see um, – I like David Johnson just because I think they'll pass to him a lot, a lot. You know, I, I just think that maybe Murray might have growing pains out the gate. And and what if this uh, air raid offense, what if it looks bad in the NFL the first few weeks and they have to kind of, you know, go and recreate some new plays and form it differently? It's just there's stuff that could go wrong. I'm just saying. Don't hate me for this. I'm just saying. Uh, next question is, let me see here. Which running back do you think will get traded in training camp? LaShawn McCoy or Duke Johnson? Uh, I think LaShawn McCoy will get traded in training camp, honestly, but I, I think he might get cut because there's a certain date. I don't have it right offhand, but if they cut him, they save a boatload of money. And uh, remember they drafted Singletary, signed Frank Gore, signed TJ Yeldon. So there's going to be an odd man out there. And uh, what's funny, funny about this question and timely, uh, I was actually just talking to Dave with a few people about uh, 
you know, people, things, uh, situations changing rapidly uh, with uh, the Bucks and the Chiefs specifically. I had a comment where uh, I said, uh, I'm patiently waiting for Duke Johnson, LaShawn McCoy, or somebody like Matt Breida to get traded to the Bucks or Chiefs so it can change everything we think and know. So I think one of those guys, I saw Duke Johnson. He just went to camp today, but he's pissed, obviously, with the uh, Kareem Hunt signing. And that Chubb's going to be the bell cow, basically, on uh, first and second down. But he wants to he wants to play, so I don't think he's going to get traded in training camp. But there, I think there's going to be, especially in those two places, like I said, I, I just don't see Peyton Barber starting for the Bucks. And Rojo being his backup, who I heard looks fat already and out of shape. So I'm kind of writing him off. Uh, the Chiefs, you know, I like Damian Williams, but I just don't, he's, I don't think in 10 weeks we're not going to sit here and say, oh, wow, Damian Williams is a top five running back. I just I can't see this happening. Uh, I'm not totally fading him, but I, I think that uh, I think Carlos Hyde will steal some carries. Uh, we got to see what. Um, the third round running back or the fifth round running back they took this year uh looks like i don't think he's gonna be a cream hunt but uh yeah I, I just think something's gonna get screwed up and uh thrown in there thrown in there like a monkey wrench and uh I'd, i'm interested to see what happens with mccoy i guess we'll find out in a few weeks so short answer yes something will happen with them uh next question who are your favorite late round receivers? Oh my gosh. Is this an hour podcast? No, it's not an hour podcast. Who wants to listen to that? Um, my favorite late round receivers are Curtis Samuel. We'll just stick with double digits here. But Curtis Samuel, I got to warn you, he went at the uh, end of the eighth in this draft I'm looking at the other night. So he's creeping up draft boards. But, uh,. You could probably still get him in standard leagues and uh, other leagues in the double-digit rounds. But uh, he's creeping up fast. Uh, he was a second-round pick two years ago, so he's not chopped liver. I know they got DJ Moore last year. He's a first-round pick, first overall receiver. And, uh, you know, Samuels came on. He looked great. Uh, Curtis Samuel. So I, I just don't think that uh, – I don't think Moore's going to run away with the show. And uh, another unpopular opinion would be, uh, I think there's a world where Curtis Samuel has a better year than DJ Moore. Yep, just saying. That world does exist. So I really like him a lot. I also like Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Uh, I, I haven't been getting him much, but uh, he's flying up draft boards. I mean, holy cow, I've watched him all summer in uh, FFPC football guy drafts. Go from the 15th round to, uh, I've seen him go in the 8th round. Uh, this draft, and we'll get it the other night, he went at the 10.02. So he is definitely, definitely creeping up draft boards. So you're going to probably, I if he if he looks good in the new offense, the new Matt LeFleur offense by June, you're going to, you're going to have to pay up for him. I could see him going in the seventh round. Number two receiver to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, holy cow. Remember how valuable that used to be? So, and I think some of us are 
kind of hesitant about that new Packer offense. So if we see it and it looks pretty well oiled and and rolling, uh, you know he's gonna he's gonna fly up. So that's a guy I like. Uh, Devin Funchess, he's another guy I like. I can give him double digit rounds. He's pretty polarizing. Some people think he stinks, like he's next incarnation of Ebron at receiver, but uh, he's also starting with Andrew Luck. And what did he used to do? Catch red zone touchdowns from Cam Newton. So I, I like him with double digit rounds, and he's still a young player. You know, you think he was in the year? Uh, I think he was like 28, 29 years old. I think he just turned 25. So I think there's still a lot of kick left in him. So. Um, I also like Dante Moncrief and guys like DK Metcalf, even though I heard that uh, David Moore and Jerron Brown are going to be lining up with uh, Lockett and three wide receiver sets. So um, those are some of the players I like at receiver. Let's see if we have anything else here. <laughs> yeah, that should about do it tonight. Um if I had to pick another receiver I like late, I'll throw you guys something real quick here. Um, I am looking at a few other receivers who are kind of going around that range. Let me get on my draft board here. I do I do think Emmanuel Sanders is, uh, I think he might be healthy, and he's worth drafting, but he is definitely flying up draft boards. Um, John Brown and Zay Jones. You're going to be able to get them at the very end of your draft. And I swear one of those guys will finish in the top 30. With Josh Allen, uh, with I think what he can do this year with the long ball and that offense being opened up in the second year. Okay, maybe not top 30, but top 40. I mean, one of those guys is going to have a good year. Um, I just don't know which one it is. I'm kind of leaning towards Zay Jones because he's a third-year wide receiver. Could possibly have that breakout year. Uh, so you could just get him filthy late. And then depending on what league you're, uh, league you're in, he might even be on your waiver wire. So that was the show tonight. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. And have a great day.